Dear Big Frida, this past summer, my family celebrated our vaccinated status with a barbecue at my mother, Miss Jackie's house. It was the first time in over a year we would all be together again, and I already knew what the event would entail. Our family summer barbecues follow a formula. My brother Omari's dry rub ribs make you want to slap yourself. My sister Hanifa's deviled eggs and my mother Miss Jackie's fruit tea and my baby sister DJ Jammy. She'd be spinning Roy Ayers, Earth, Wind & Fire, and Algero Records. In the South, home isn't just a house. It is a way of knowing and being known. There is a recipe to home that cannot be exacted by the way of a measuring cup. In the South, you come home through the food, the music, your people, your stories, all woven together into the fabric of folk family. To be at home is to belong. And Big Frida, through your art, you have created beloved spaces in your native New Orleans, and your voice has spread far beyond the bayou. You create church when you give context to Black Southern stories. You continue to serve up plates of Black Southern abundance. And them plates best be seasoned right. But you already know. Best, Adia Victoria. Welcome to Call and Response from Sonos. The show about the communal spirit of music making and listening. I'm Adia Victoria. I am a musician, a poet, and a writer based in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm a black woman from the deep south, leaning into the blues to make sense of this world. Now today I'm calling response. We gonna head down to New Orleans. I did not come to play with you hoes. <laughs> I came to slay, bitch. I like cornbreads and collard greens, bitch. Oh, yes, you best to believe it. My guest this week is the artist and force of nature, Big Frida. She's called the Queen of Bounce. Big Frida has collaborated with all of your faves, everyone from Beyonce, Lady Gaga, Lizzo, Kesha. She is bringing that spirit of New Orleans, that particular blend, that season, that feeling of, of home. That is all throughout Big Frida's work. And some of the biggest in the game have continued to call on her to manifest that spirit of New Orleans. So you know her work. And even if you don't know, now you know. Dun, dun, dun. Showtime. Time to shine. Showtime. Showtime. Got a bevy of bad bras, sweat and commodities. They hit her with bandos. They cook the pop off. Her work is defined by truly what it means to manifest freedom, what it means to be insistent upon your joy. She brings you back down to earth. She sets your feet in the soil and she lets that body move. And she understands where community comes from. She understands how community is that embodiment of feeling as if you are placed, as if there is space for you. And I had to have Big Frida on today because I feel like this season has almost been a slow walk towards coming home. And this conversation just felt like the right note to end this season of Call and Response on. Yes, y'all, this is the last episode of our show for now. 
your girl got to get back out on the road, got to remember how to tour again. But I just wanted to let y'all know what a blessing it has been for me over the course of this season to have the opportunity to talk to fellow Southerners about what it means to be from this land. And I needed to make a playlist that embodied for me home, what it feels like to be on Miss Jackie's back porch at one of our barbecues, songs that my sister DJ Jamie J likes to play every summer. So we're going to feature artists from uh, Roy Ayers. We got Missy Elliott. We got Beyonce on there as well. So y'all can listen to that playlist over on Mixcloud.com slash Sonos. We'll leave a link to it in the show notes. And now, y'all, my conversation the Queen of Bounce, Big Frida. Now, I do want to thank you, first of all, for joining us today in Call and Response, uh, Big Frida. I feel very blessed and gifted by your presence. So I just want to, first of all, thank you so much because I've been looking forward to this. I appreciate it. I love that in your music, there is this sense of liberation, right? You can't spell free without Frida. Yeah. And I'm thinking about, you know, the way that you use your, your voice to, you know, speak back to power. And, you know, you've worked with some of, you know, the world's biggest pop stars. You've, you've, you've been sought out by Lizzo, Kesha. Ladies and gentlemen, oh, let's shake what the good love gave us. Oh, yes, baby. Come on, let's go. Oh, dang, this, that shit. Beat like this, wanna shake my ass. Oh, oh, this, that shit. Beat like this, wanna shake my ass. Beyonce, you know, Lady Gaga. And I'm just, I'm curious. What is it do you think that they are approaching Big Big Frida for? Like, what do you? What's your element? What's your seasoning? What's your flavor? I mean, just you know, just bringing that New Orleans flavor and that sense of power mm. and empowerment to people to feel liberated on the floor. You know, a lot mm. of times when people come to my show, they say they felt like they've been to a revival or they have that moment where they can lay their hair down and, you know, that relates back to my roots, you know. Church. Bringing my church into my music and yes. bringing my spirit into my music. And it's, yes. a, it's the spirit of New Orleans, you know. It's where I grew up. It's my upbringing. <laughs> it's my mannerism from my parents. It's it's my teaching. It's my, yes. you know, it's just my, my views on the world and what I see and I try to make people have a happier place in their yes. everyday lives where they can yes. let the music take them there. So it's just what I feel in the inside. And I tell them all the time, I have to feel it in order to make my fans feel it. So I just, yes. go, you know, I just go for the best thing that I know um, what I'm feeling. There, there's so much like intuition. Like you are obviously you're a brilliant songwriter, but th that, that way of like, if I don't feel it in my body first, like if, if that's not true for me, like, I know that's not it. And I think about how that intuition, it, sh it manifests itself in so many parts of, like, Southern Black folk. Like, I'm thinking about my mother cooking, right? Oh, yeah, that's another thing. I put, I put yes. my love in my cooking, you know? I, I put my yes. spirit and my flavor in my cooking. I yes. want my people to say, mm, you know, that was See? good when they taste it. Yes. So same thing with my music. And that's what I was noticing, like, before I even read about, you know, your—, your um, your love of cooking and your in your background, I figure, because you black and you from New Orleans, so you know you know about seasoning your chicken right. But I love this sense of just like 
you have to feel it first. It's like my mom, when she cooks, she don't even use measuring cups. or I don't use te- none of that. She just, she used the palm of her hand. She That's knows right. what it's supposed to taste like. Okay, so let me ask you this, because now, we, now we're talking food, right? You talked about in an interview about, you know, leaving the South and, you know, just you you miss knowing where you are, being able to locate yourself. So I'm curious, is there one dish that Big Frida uses to locate herself in New Orleans? What would you say is your dish? I mean, anything that has the flavor of New Orleans, and that can be... What's uh, that flavor? It, it could be a po' boy. <laughs> it could be a cup of gumbo. It could be yes. ray beans and rice. It could be cabbage, cornbread, mm. collard mm. greens. Um, yes. You know, it could be some sweet potatoes. Um, yes. It could be my booty popping potatoes. Uh, you know, what's the booty popping potatoes, Phil? What's, what? <laughs> it's, it's, it's potatoes with sausage, but it has a flavor out of this world and it's smothered potatoes. down. Woo! Yeah, it's, it's it's really smothered potatoes. But you know, I have a twist on names for everything that I create: triple wiggle yes. pancakes. You know, come on, my bent over biscuit Benedict. Everything come that on I, now. <laughs> everything ah! that I do has a twist <laughs> on it. And I bring my own style and flavor to it. I love that. Yes. I'm starving now. See, I'm whoo, I'm ready to eat. I'm ready to eat. You and me both. Mm. See, yeah. Okay. So my dish, if you came to South Carolina, uh, I would say the thing that I would probably make for you is, I know it sounds basic, but I would do some succotash for you. And then I'd also do some shrimp and grits. Oh, yeah. Because I do them real good. Yeah. Shrimp and grits. I would do some okra. You know, <laughs> with some shrimp and sausage in it. I, you know, there's so many things that I can do that that brings me to to that sense of New Orleans and that flavor of New Orleans uh, yes. when it comes to cooking. But you know, See. I can go to the corner store and get me a nice old hot sausage po' boy, and baby, that that will take me there. You, you, yeah, you, that's a straight shot. That's a straight shot. <laughs> See, and this is what I love. Okay, so we're talking about food right now, but in the South, you can barely talk about food before you talk about music. And I was listening. You were featured on um, Lady Gaga. She did the re-release of Born This Way, Reimagined. It was the 10th anniversary. And you put your touch on her her classic bop, Judas. And when I was listening to it, I was like, he turned this into church. Like, he put the seasonings on it. That's what I did. He put, he put the, ooh, you turned it into a call and response. Like, it was like, ooh. Did she just say, go for it? Like, well, have they, at it. They gave me free range to, um, That's right. to do whatever I wanted to do to it. And we went for it. You know, we definitely wanted to take it to a, a sense of freedom and a sense of New Orleans. And when I first did the song, I was like, oh, my God, why did they pick Judas for me? You know, <laughs> mm. I, I was like, you know, I'm 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 all about church. I'm not, I'm all about, you know, my 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 higher power. I'm all about praising God. I, you right, know, right. There's nothing about betrayal with me um, when it comes to 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 the church and, and, and so forth. So um, I was like, well, how can I flip this? We're going to flip this and talk about, you know, betrayal of love and, yes. and, and you know, someone betraying, you know, the love that you gave them and, and, mm. and pushed into them. And, you know, so I was really concerned about the song at first. And uh, when I did it, I said, 
God, you know where my heart is. You know where my spirit is. (laughs) I I want to do this with, you know, but I want to also revive it where people will love it and people will will cling to it. And um, that's what I did. I worked really hard on that remix and I wanted to bring something, you know, new to it. And it was the spirit. People might debate me, but I don't care. I'll fight them. I consider you an incarnation of like the great blues women. I I see, you know, I see Bessie, I see Ma Rainey, I see Alberta in you, I see Billie Holiday in you. Like the way that you were so intent on manifesting community and and telling our stories in a way where we feel known and seen. It's like, you know, when I told my my I got a little sister thread with my sisters and my cousins, I was and I got freaked out when we confirmed this interview. I was like, "Y'all, I'm, I'm interviewing Big Frida," and they all said, "You already know." <laughs> I love and, it. <laughs> like, and the whole thread, but you—that's what you do. It's like you you give us community back. That's the way I grew. That sounds cheesy. All Am I doing the most right now? Family. <laughs> um, you know, I grew up in a small community on Josephine. Mm. We knew everybody in the block, everybody, you know, on the other side of the street, everybody down the street. You know, you couldn't go up the street and do something as a kid without the neighbors saying, um, boy, you better not do that or I'm going to tell your mama, you know, or or they will whoop your ass before you got to your mama. So it was definitely a community. And, And that's what's missing, you know, the community in a lot of these different spaces and a lot of these different neighborhoods. You know, a lot of different places. And um, as me growing up, I appreciate the community that we had because they also not only did they look out for us, but they protected us and kept us safe and in every way that they can. While I was preparing for this interview, I loved reading about your early life. I'm from South Carolina. I was raised in the church as well. And I loved how you talked about being in the choir in high school and also being the director of your choir at your church in New Orleans. And I'm just curious, can you recall the moment where you really felt the power of communal music sharing and performing? Can you take us back to that moment in the church? The choir director, who is my godmother, Georgia at the time, me and her like clicked soon as we met and Mm. she started to put me under her wing. I started to really get into the moments, feeling mm. the spirit. It also was my safe haven, you know. Yes. I, I, it was my p- way to stay out of trouble out of the neighborhood that I grew up in. I grew up in a very rough neighborhood on Josephine Street. I was very into it, and I enjoyed what I did, and I love the music, and I love the sound, and I love the people. Because we, we were a family. We We all you know, help each other. We all cried together. We all laughed together. You were part of a community together. Most definitely. Most definitely. Now, do you have one song, you know, as a choir director or singer that really got you feeling that spirit? Because you talk about catching the spirit. And I'm thinking about, like, the call and response. Come thou um, almighty king. You already knew. Yes, come down, Almighty King. Yes, that was. Yes. 
I when I would open my hands and the kids would sing that song, baby, mm. I would have them humming and hollering and they would be falling out and it it was something about a lot of the different songs that we directed that really, you know, made the church feel the spirit and we all, yes. you know, got on one accord. You know, we were a small church, but we were a very small, powerful church. And everybody in there was, you know, was family related some type of way. You know, we were connected. Yeah. Everybody was a cousin. Yeah, <laughs> everybody was a cousin. Yeah. yeah. You know, a lot of the ladies who started the church were all sisters and family members. So they spread that love throughout the church. That was a lot of my experience, too, growing up, you know, in the church in South Carolina. It was just the collective of women. It was one of the few spaces where black women were in charge. Like, they set the mood. They set the vibe. And I loved feeling that strength of, like, women uh, when we would worship. It felt divine to me. And I don't still go to church, but I still—I think that, that I carried that kind of maternal— power in me that I saw with Black Southern women at worship. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Me as well. You know, the even the older women who were like the deaconess mm-hmm. at the church, you know, whatever we needed, whatever the church needed, those Black women provided. They went up over and beyond for the kids. We did fundraisers. We did Feed the Hungries. We did everything together as a community, and it was all Black women that ran it, and, you know, that's where I get my power and strength from, just seeing how that. they all came together and and helped the community. Okay, I just watched your um, the documentary that you released last year, Frida Got a Gun. I think it's important to focus on saving one person at a time. You can change your life for real, and we're here to help you. It, it challenges what we think of as black masculinity. And you talking about, you know, how you found so much of your strength with, you know, these maternal spaces in the black church. Have you seen your reception, like, change within our community? Because we're a little bit, you know, we're a little bit more strict when it comes to gender and sexuality. Like, how Almost would you, definitely, how? especially from where I started at and growing up in New Orleans. It has yes. definitely changed. The community has been more accepting. It has mm. been more open-minded for a long time. You know, growing up as a young kid, it was very hush-hush about being gay. Families didn't want to talk about it. Community didn't want to talk about it. Neighborhoods didn't want to talk about it. And as time went on, things started to open up, especially when I got in high school and when I left out of high school. I was like, you know, I've been hushed long enough. I will not continue to be living in a box or living in, in my shell it's time that. for me to come out and, and really live in my truth. And yes. um, so I've I've been living in my truth since high school and and I have not looked back since. It feels good, don't it? It feels amazing. I don't know if you recently saw that that Dave Chappelle skit everybody talking about. I mean, I'm keeping up with it just because it's being talked about so much on the internet. Same. I haven't saw the Dave Chappelle special, but I am definitely keeping up with it. I've, you know, gotten questions about it in interviews and so forth. You know, I was watching that. I've got a lot of black men in my family, a lot of conservative ones, and they loved it. But I just kept thinking about dominance and like, it, it sounded like there was this—he felt threatened through it. And I'm thinking about how can we truly be liberated if that comes attached to 
you know, suppressing someone else's identity. Yeah. yeah. If you know, I'm not trying to get into the 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 nitty gritty of it, but I'm I'm looking at it as a question of power relations, and so much of our world is is based on that, and that's kind of the thing that you know your documentary was hitting at this idea of power tied into masculinity. Can we liberate ourselves to imagine, you know, a broader sense of what we consider masculine? Right now, it just seems like it's a it's a battle, you know, between the straight and the gay community. And it's becoming very heartbreaking just to see that we're we're turning the hands back of time. Right. You know, and it, it feels like we were growing into a new space and everybody was being able to be liberated and feel free. And, you know, it's just like now you can't really say nothing out of the way or you can't say what you feel on your heart, you know, and we're supposed to all be able to have freedom of speech and, and, and say what we feel. But um, in these conversations, it becomes very, very uh, uncomfortable and it, it becomes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's like, oh, I didn't say it. Wait, don't get yeah, me. I, I'm being very mindful of how I handle these situations as well. Yes. Because I don't want the girls to counsel me either. You know? <laughs> don't come for Big Frida. Don't come for her unless she's Yes. But you see, I'm curious, how do you replenish yourself? Like, what are your quiet spots? Like, how do you, you know, decompress with all the energy you gave out? Yes. The 2P formula. I pray and I push. The double P formula. Let me just write that down. Yeah, the 2P formula. I pray and I push. That's the only way I get through. You know, I keep on praying and talking to my higher power and I keep on pushing, you know, because a lot of times if I take myself to a place of depression or mm. too much of heavy thinking on a lot of this stuff, I, I probably could lose my mind. It's all about how can I flip this and help the next person or help the next family or, you know, or help myself to keep on moving and not go into a depression. So, you know, pray, push, and I keep on working. I stay busy and I keep on opening my mind to creative spaces that will allow me to keep on giving people encouragement and hope and knowing that, you know, it may be a bad day today, but, you know, the next day, you know, you keep on praying and pushing. Everything going to be all right. It just take one step at a time. You're insistent upon your joy. Okay. Let me ask you this question. Is there a particular song right now that's giving you light or life? I'm having a shitty day or I'm feeling down and out. You know, I my, my go-to song right now has been heavily on my heart. Um, Hezekiah Walker, You're Calling My Name. Big Frida, I want to thank you so much for coming here and blessing this podcast with your presence. This was delightful. Thank you so much for having me. I truly appreciate it. Y'all, that was Big Frida. Her latest EP, Big Diva Energy, is out now. So y'all, this is the last episode of Call and Response for this season. 
And looking back at the conversations we've shared, dug into the big questions we're not often allowed to approach. And I feel like we broke through a lot of silences. And I think we've made some scholarship too. We unraveled the South, recentered the blues, guests we've had on, the stories we've shared, the songs we've shared. In a way, I feel like it's given me back to myself. And I hope you've taken away the process of coming home, what it means to feel exiled from your community and and the work that goes into belonging to yourself again. Hopefully at the top of 22, I will see some of y'all out on the road. I'm going to be getting back in my van and heading out on tour to share my music. And I'll keep having these conversations and I'm going to keep sharing my blues. And I hope you will too. This has been Call and Response from Sonos. Thank you all so much for joining us this week and joining me over season two. You can listen on Sonos Radio or find us on mixcloud.com Sonos. Y'all continue to reach out and let me know what music is meeting you in this moment. Y'all remember to keep in touch. Don't let your girl get too lonely out here. Let me know how Call and Response is continuing to move with you. Uh, go back and venture over the past few seasons in case you miss my weird little voice. You can hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at Sonos Radio. I'm at Atia Victoria across all social media, and I am all ears. The show was produced by Work by Work, Scott Newman, Gemma Rose Brown, Anne-Maria Wad, Daniel Rizel, and by me, Atia Victoria. The show is mixed by Sam Baer. So until next time, y'all, keep your heart and your ears wide open. I'll be good.